Hello and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast, where we exist to connect the story of God with the story of man and see all of our lives in light of God and his story. My name's Raven and I'm joined by Alex and Kim, two wonderful people from our church family. And today we are talking about generosity. Hey everyone. Hello. I have two people that are joining me at the table this morning. One of them will be a voice that you recognize from our leadership podcast a couple of weeks ago, and the other will be a new voice. Kim, do you mind kind of starting us off and introducing yourself? Sure. Um, So I've been involved here with uh, Providence since we came on when the church planted from City Light, and I do finances and administration here. Yeah, Kim is our finance guru for everything, pastoral administration, taxes, she does it all. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Alex. Uh, I get to um, watch Kim do her thing uh, on the financial <laughs> team. Um, but yeah, she keeps all of us in line um, and prepares all the Excel documents that most of the people listening have no interest <laughs> in. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I get to serve on the financial team, like I said, as well as I'm in the world of finance and in the corporate world. So I have a little bit of background there. And uh, yeah, it's awesome to be um, a younger member of the finance team um, to see kind of just the different ages, generations that get to serve together for the church. Yeah. Alex has done an awesome job teaching even our young adult city group, kind of giving an overview of what it looks like to give. And that's one of the reasons we called both of you here today, because you are both very wise in understanding of what it looks like to give. And so to give some context to this podcast today, we are nearing the end of 2020. It's December. It's a month of pushes for financial giving, for just getting involved with different causes and organizations, but also we share the tension of being in a pandemic. People have lost their jobs and people are just questioning, what does it look like to give in hard times? And so as we dive into that question today, I really just want to create the biblical foundation. If people were to come to you, Kim or Alex, and they said, hey, why do we have to give financially? How would you respond to them? I think um, the biggest thing for me is the mindset behind giving. And if I think of my life as even using those words, my life kind of makes me cringe because really is not my life anymore. Um, Scripture says that's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Mm. I've been bought with a great price. Um, My life has been ransomed. So this is not my life. Um, my finances are not my own. I've mm. been given them for a short time to steward, but I steward them according to the will of the master. Mm. So um, I think the mindset is really important behind giving. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's spoken throughout Old Testament and New Testament of giving and Um, generosity. And so there are multiple places that you can just see the overarching just viewpoint and just the call to give financially. And so it's, I think Mm -hmm. it's not one of those things where it can be argued that we're called to give. Um, I think what's valid is some people can argue how much. Mm -hmm. So that's a different 
different point, but, uh, yeah, just the, the point of being called to give financially, um, it's spoken, um, throughout the entire Bible. And so it's, it's one of those things that as the church body that we we're called to do. Mm, yeah. And it's even not limited to giving to the church. Right. I, it, mm-hmm. I mean, scripture doesn't say you are to be generous as you give to the church. Is it, yeah. it, it call scripture calls us to be generous. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not something that we, I think in our minds should limit to, Oh, the, I, I'm, I'm called to give to this one place. Right. It, that's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the, yeah. The message I, at least that I see throughout scripture. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I mean, I think about in Acts, it talks about sharing with other mm-hmm. believers. I mean, again, right. Mm-hmm. It's not just within the church context, but I think about how it's people were selling their possessions and giving the money to be distributed equally. And so it's that idea that it is, there is something for all Christians to remember that we are called to give, but how much does become a question point. And so when we think about how much to give or what that looks like in hard times, how would you answer that question? If someone said, you know what, my parents, they lost their job. I don't understand why they would even need to give. What does it look like as a Christian with your responsibility in giving, even when we hit financial hardship? I think I want to be careful in not coming across as saying, well, this is the prescription for all. I think in all of these areas of our Christian walk, we need to be careful to lean into the spirit. We need to listen to what God is saying to us. Mm -hmm. You know, as part of a married couple, I've found more often than not when Bill and I are wrestling through um, how much to give here or there or, or what to do more often than not, the Lord puts the same amount mm. even on a, both of our hearts. Wow. So, um, and there are times when that's not true and we talk and we pray through that, but, um, there's, I, I think you really need to be listening to the spirit. The concept of the tithe or the 10% is definitely there in scripture, but, um, this, so is this thought that everything we have belongs to the Lord. Mm. And, uh, the widow who gave two small copper coins gave everything she had. Mm. And, and that was noted by the Lord himself, not because of the amount that was given. The amount she gave was totally eclipsed by all of the other mm-hmm. riches that were being poured into the giving box at the time. But her trust in God's provision for her led her to give everything. And that's mm. that heart posture that it all belongs to him is what Jesus really valued. Yeah, that's so good. Um, the personal conviction right through the spirit is, I think, what should really be leading your giving. Mm. Um, I would say, too, that, uh, Kim, you touched on the tithe. Um, I think what I've found personally in my life is that um, even in the world of finances, talking with individuals, um, going through budgets, trying to just talk through what their personal finance life looks like. Um, we as Americans or people living in America live in such a consumer society Mm. where if we have it, we're going to consume it. Not if we have it, we're going to give it. Mm. Um, and so I think that's something that is, 
just important to understand how we've almost been programmed as Americans. Um, and so mm-hmm. what I have found personally is that I tithe because I know if I don't, I'm going to keep that for myself. I'm going to selfishly mm-hmm. keep that and consume it, um, or unhealthily save it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is something where that is like a benchmark for me mm-hmm. and, and our family. And from there, it's not like we just stop. It's continued prayer giving, um, mm-hmm. above and beyond. I use a quotes, you know, air quotes for like above the tithe, but it's one of those things where like Kim was saying earlier, it's not just to the church, blindly giving to the church, um, finding, um, you know, where, where you feel led to give, um, throughout the city, throughout the world, um, is something that I think is hugely important to figure out that balance. And so additionally too, that you had talked about Raven, just like 2020 in itself, um, hardships, God's still providing, Um, and, and the other week when I was counting after, uh, one of the services, there was a single dollar bill Mm. and that personally brought me so much more joy than any of the checks we were counting. And so if that brought me that Mm. amount of joy, how much did it bring our maker? And so Mm. that's something that everyone should be able to be encouraged about is Mm. it is not, there is never written. This is the law. It is not a just blanket statement of everyone has to give. Um, so circumstances definitely affect it, but also just pray and reflect on how blessed we are um, mm. to be living where we are. Yeah, that's such a beautiful picture and a really good representation too of that story in the Bible that you were talking about, Kim, with the widow who gave truly all she had and the Pharisees were dumping in a lot more, but it didn't matter because their heart posture behind it wasn't pure And so, yeah, Alex, I love that picture of just a single dollar because it's humbling in a lot of ways. It can be so difficult for us to give 10% when for someone else, that's probably the biggest act of obedience that they could Mm -hmm. do. And that looks a lot less than maybe the people around them. And there's something releasing about giving. Mm -hmm. I mean, the act of giving really does release a grip on our hearts um, for our finances, it's, it's a relinquishing of control. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And for a young church too, we have a lot of people that are starting in their careers and actually getting paychecks for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where if you do not get in that habit, if you do not have that conviction and that commitment to give initially, that's just going to tighten that stranglehold that you're going to have your flesh over money. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that is super encouraging about just our membership process uh, Mm -hmm. within Providence too, is talking about giving. I know that uh, Jared and Andrew do not feel that it is necessarily their place after each service to get up and Hey, we're going to give and throw around, you know, buckets and put everyone in uh, uncomfortable positions. Um, I know that that's how they feel just in regards to Sunday afternoons and evenings Mm -hmm. now. But um, that's just one of those things where I am super excited for how Providence is growing within the membership process, because that is a huge part of the conversation going through membership. Yeah, no, it's definitely a different model to say, hey, we don't pass the plate, but you can go back to the back and give in the giving Mm -hmm. box or online. And it's truly just trusting that, you know what, God will provide. We don't have to force people into a decision right away. They can sit there and think, okay, how do I want to give? But then 
like you said, mm-hmm. Alex, through the membership class of really saying, hey, look, this is a call in scripture. Right. And as a member, we regularly give to the church to see the church use her gifts mm-hmm. for the glory of God's kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also love what you said about with people in our church just starting their jobs for the first time, mm-hmm. having that muscle or that reflex to go, okay, how do I give this to the Lord or mm-hmm. be generous with those around me? has to start right away because yeah, otherwise, I mean, there's a verse, I can't even remember which one right now, but talking about, you can't love God or just love others and Mm -hmm. love money. You can't have two idols. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Yeah. And so it's just that picture of, we really do need to let it go. Otherwise our flesh will take hold and it can become an idol for us. Yeah. So then if we're thinking about generosity or giving, when people talk about, well, giving of their time. Like that's what they can give financial generosity. That's something that yes, they would want to do, but really they just give their time or they're very hospitable. Is that enough? Can you just have that alone or does there need to be financial generosity as well or giving? I think it helps in our view of life to be generous in all those areas. Mm. Um, I was trying to think of the different areas where I feel like God has called us into generosity and time and and money are in there, but you also have things like possessions. Um, mm-hmm. Early on, we kind of, you know, we fought through this tension between the reservoir mindset mm-hmm. of, you know, okay, we don't have hardly anything, so whatever comes in stays in, right? Stays in the house. And quickly, you can become a hoarder with mm-hmm. that mentality. And um, seeing the just the freedom in a, a pipeline mentality that whatever's coming into mm-hmm. us is only ours for a short time while it's on its way to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, there are refugees that resettle in our city that come with literally nothing but their clothing. Yeah. And, um, you know, being able to help set up homes for mm-hmm. them because someone else was getting rid of a bed or a table that this new family can use. I mean, those kinds of things are exciting to me. So the idea of, of passing things through to blessing someone else, um, our home can be used for hospitality. It, it, it can be used to bless other people and, mm-hmm. and have people in. You're a good example of that, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> always full of people. Yes. And, um, I think... To get back on track, and this is in terms of like, I am a like gentle person, mm-hmm. but that is such a cop out. <laughs> like that is like the I'm gonna give my time, not my money. Like that is the like if if you are feeling that, that is the perfect opportunity for the spirit to move, mm. and for you to just have freedom from. Most likely, you're holding on to what you have. Yeah. Either a little, either a lot, it's unhealthy either way. Mm. That's not what God is calling us to live our life like. And so if you are in the position and I was there, I mean, you think about how easy it would be for anyone that's consistently involved in a city group, involved in any volunteering of any kind to say, you know what, I'm doing more than the average person, average Christian would. Mm. Um, and that is good enough. Like that's, it's just a cop out. And so I would also say 90% of stats are made up, including that one. Um, <laughs> but I, I've heard that somewhere, but I, 
in preparing to talk to the young adult, adult city group, um, I had read different, you know, very, variations of the stat, but about 5% of proclaiming Christians consistently give financially. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just also a picture of where the church needs to improve in terms of discussing finances as well um, as I love our leadership model within quarterly updates of mm -hmm. just talking through where actually money's going within our church um, and out of from our church. Um, but also too, it's one of those things where people just are not praying for that. They're not praying mm -hmm. for um, the spirit to lead them into how to give and where to give. And so that's something that um, I definitely see as a need within in the church and the church body. Yeah, I think that's so good, especially because sometimes it can be easy to give time or possessions, but then with money, it's like, oh, I really want to hold on to this, even mm -hmm. though we see that call in scripture yeah. to give. But then Kim, kind of like you were saying too, it can be really easy to say, okay, I'll give this money. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to my possessions, I'm just going to hold on to them because I don't really want to give them. I'm kind of hoarding like you were saying. Yeah. And so it's a really beautiful picture that our heart posture needs to be generous. And that just looks like giving sacrificially within our meat. Well, sometimes it's not even, it doesn't feel like it's within our means. Mm -hmm. And I use air quotes right. for that because yeah. like you were saying, the spirit has to lead and You've both, I mean, you're both married. So mm -hmm. you've probably been in a space where you felt like, man, we should really give this, but can we give this? Do we want to give this? Yeah. yeah. It's, I think, too reassuring, though, to know that at, at its foundation, or I, I don't know what the right phrasing is for it, the Lord really does provide for his children. Mm. Yeah. And... Um, so my husband, Bill, worked at the Corps of Engineers for 35, 36 years, I think, until re recently retiring. And um, early on, as a married couple, I would my eyes would kind of light up when I'd see, hey, you got a bonus. Mm -hmm. And so I would start thinking like, oh, how are we going to spend this bonus? Are we going to go on a vacation? What are we going to do? And then the washer would break mm. or the refrigerator would go out or a medical bill would come up. And... The Lord just really taught me through that, that a bonus wasn't like my personal windfall to go crazy with. Right. It was the Lord's kind provision for a need coming up that I didn't even know I'd have. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's so good. That's such a good picture. And it's beautiful, too, because it just shows that you're starting to go, okay, God, whatever you want to do with this, you'll lead. And mm -hmm. I think the Lord has a really beautiful way. If we're clutching onto money, if we're clutching onto our belongings, he has a beautiful way of showing that he is in charge and he right. will take that mm -hmm. or he will give it. But at the end of the day, he is in charge of it all. And as you said at the beginning, Kim, we are just stewards of what we have. So just to wrap up, what is a final encouragement you would give people during this time, during this December month, as they are buying Christmas presents for family, or they are struggling through a job loss, or just trying to figure out what does it look like to be generous within my church family financially? What encouragement would you give them? I would say pray, you yeah. know, really ask the Lord, what do you want? This is yours. And and shepherd your heart to really get to that posture where you can honestly say, Lord, everything I have is yours. I, I am yours. Um, really pray. And if you're in a 
married relationship or you're engaged or wh- whatever, uh, and you're obviously making a decision as a couple mm-hmm. instead of as a, a single person, make sure you involve that other person mm-hmm. in in it. I know financial mm-hmm. difficulties can can bring real stress in a relationship, so you want to pray into that and, and make sure you're doing something in unity, mm-hmm. in unison. Uh, even you could write down an amount that you feel called called to give and put it on a piece of paper, and mm-hmm. and it might be fun just to yeah. see how the Lord is is producing unity even in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm. Yeah, um, I would say right now, read Second Corinthians eight and nine, all about just how our heart posture should be in giving. Um, and so read that, reflect on that, and pray into what that would look like. Um, I would say that we've talked um, a decent amount on like giving to others, um, other um, foundations, groups, causes. Um, I am fleshly proud of how Kim has worked our budget, created our budget, as well as our leadership, uh, the elders, the financial team, how we've done overview. And um, it's one of those things where I don't know if I've ever seen anyone like come in under budget or at expected. And in Mm. 2020, a world of like unknown, obviously a lot of additional costs for the church in terms of like technology and going to like a complete streaming service for a few months that is not free. Um, And so to be in this position um, where, as Jared had mentioned last Sunday, that above the the normal kind of gift amount for the month is going to be allotted to church planting, um, I think that really just encourages myself um, to know that if there is any question, I know that our church leadership financial team, um, pastors are going to steward the money that comes in well. And so I have, um, I'm, I'm super proud of, of the men that Jared and Andrew are and that they feel the same, the same mentality that Kim is talking about in terms of like the pipeline mentality of money comes in our church as a church, we still tithe. I mean, money goes out as well. And so to missions, um, in Omaha and beyond. Um, so that would be an encouragement as well, just for people that aren't necessarily sure of how the money gets handled within the church. I think that's also a, a great commendation of just the people of Providence too, yeah. because they were ge- they were generous mm-hmm. in a season where it would be easy to yeah. justify not being generous. Yeah. Um, they they have given above and beyond, yeah. and we were seeing new givers throughout 2020, which is so cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's also, I think, one thing uh, I, I wanted to point out too is that there's a difference between the call for all to give. And then there are some that God has specifically gifted mm-hmm. with a gift of generosity. And if that's you, if, you know, if you're that person that God has uniquely gifted to just give above mm-hmm. and beyond, don't let this idea of 10% right. uh, limit you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's on your heart, I think that's a very God-given thing. So again, pray. um, But, you know, just know that there are some that God's going to use in a way uh, above and beyond that standard for all of his children. 
Thank you, Kim. And thank you, Alex, for joining us. And thank you for listening. We hope this helped shape your mindset in financially giving and just generosity during the season. If you have any questions or podcast topics or thoughts, please email us at formation at providenceomaha.org. Or if you want to learn more about us, you can check us out at providenceomaha.org. We will see you next week.